The Verdant Utopia Accord Chapter 1. The Steel City The congressman from Oregon's 7th Congressional District, Dick Greenleaf, sat on the dais in a grand ballroom, adjusting his tie as he silently cursed the malfunctioning air conditioner. Sweat trickled down his temples. The bright stage lights intensified the heat, making him feel he was delivering his climate magnum opus from the sun's surface. The sacrifices I make for Mother Earth, he thought, scanning the audience packed with climate activists, academics, and policy wonks. Remember, AC keeps us cool, but it makes the planet hot, he quipped, feeling a surge of self-satisfaction as a wave of polite chuckles spread through the crowd. Now, let's shift gears and discuss how we can construct an ecotopia right here from Pittsburgh. More tepid applause followed. Greenleaf was in his element, delving into complex intersections between social justice and carbon footprints. Every few minutes, his assistant Sarah handed him a new reusable water bottle filled with ethically sourced artisanal iced tea, which he sipped like a connoisseur. We must unite as a single global community to fight climate change, he thundered, staring down the listless crowd who fanned themselves with conference programs printed on recycled paper. As he sermonized, the chandelier lights flickered momentarily. Even the lights agree with me, Greenleaf mused, feeling a tingling sense of destiny. His smartphone buzzed insistently on the lectern as he prepared for his grand finale. A glance revealed it was Betsy, the Speaker of the House. Excuse me, folks. Duty calls, he said, quickly wrapping up his remarks and stepping off the stage, his laminated name tag swaying as if to underscore his. Sarah handed him the phone. Betsy, what's the urgent matter? Dick, we're one vote short on the Verdant Utopia Accord. Your vote could make history. Betsy's voice crackled through his state-of-the-art smartphone. Greenleaf peered out a window, catching sight of a homeless man huddled against the cold, blizzard winds. The weight of the world is on my shoulders, he thought. I'll be on the next flight, he assured Betsy. The storm has grounded everything, Dick, but you need to find a way. The future of our planet depends on it, she replied. Greenleaf snapped into action. Get me a car, a bus, a train, a dog sled. I don't care which. Just do whatever it takes. We need to get to D.C. now, he commanded his staff, feeling a rush of adrenaline. This vote was not just a vote, it was his legacy, his greatest triumph. He couldn't afford delays, especially not for something as trivial as the weather. His aides fumbled through their tablets, their faces tinged with desperation. The trains, planes and buses are not running due to the blizzard, stammered Jeremy, his communications director. Greenleaf's face flushed. Well, we can't sit idly by as the earth melts. Find me some transportation, pronto. Jeremy and the other aides continued scrambling to find options, their panic rising as the minutes ticked by. Greenleaf paced impatiently, glancing repeatedly at his watch. Finally, after nearly half an hour of futile searching, Jeremy perked up. An electric car. It's green, efficient, and the perfect solution. A smile broke across Greenleaf's face. Brilliant! Let's hit the road. As Greenleaf briskly exited the hotel, he bypassed a table piled high with sustainable swag. 
reusable water bottles, fair trade snacks, and artisanal vegan gift bags. No time for that, he thought. I have a world to save. To DC and step on it, Greenleaf ordered as he hopped into the waiting electric car, his eyes set on the horizon, his soul alight with the fires of change. Today, we make history. And with that, Greenleaf set out on a journey that he believed would change the course of history, a pilgrimage fueled by lofty dreams and the highest of hopes. Chapter 2 The Road to Empyrean The electric car hummed down the interstate, a shining beacon of sustainability on a highway filled with gas guzzlers. Once this bill passes, the era of fossil fuel will end, Greenleaf mused aloud, almost as if he were narrating his own biopic. The driver, a man named Mike, who'd been nodding along to Greenleaf's podcast on reducing carbon footprints, forced a smile. That's the dream, sir. Greenleaf looked down at his lapel, adorned with an intricate arrangement of 43 pins, each advocating for a different environmental or social justice cause. He felt like a walking billboard for righteousness. As the car continued its journey, the temperature in the vehicle seemed to drop, prompting Greenleaf to bump up the heat. Ah, the beauty of electric heating, he thought. Suddenly, the dashboard lit up like a Christmas tree, warning lights, alarms, the works. The car decelerated as Mike frowned. Batteries dead, Congressman. Cold weather drains it faster. A wave of panic washed over Greenleaf. Isn't there a solar farm or a windmill around? Something, anything? Mike shook his head. The closest charging station is 30 miles back. Greenleaf held onto his reusable water bottle, his gaze sweeping the surrounding area for some solution. Eventually, they stumbled upon a farmer's property equipped with a diesel generator. They used it to recharge the car's battery before gratefully re-entering the highway. Back to saving the world, Greenleaf thought as they accelerated into the distance. But the universe had other plans. As they crossed into Maryland, a sea of brake lights greeted them. Must be an accident, Greenleaf mumbled, squinting ahead. But as they drew closer, he realized the roadblock was a climate protest. Hand-painted signs reading, Green jobs now and pass the accord filled his vision. My people, he thought. Sensing a PR opportunity, Greenleaf hopped out of the car. Fellow Earth warriors, I'm en route to DC to make your voices heard. A protester, clutching a sign made of recycled cardboard, looked skeptical. Prove it! Seizing the moment, Greenleaf had an epiphany. Film me promising to vote? Yes. Then you can hold me accountable. Phones popped out, recording his pledge, a digital handshake sealed in the cloud. The crowd roared in approval as Greenleaf climbed back into the car, his social media notifications already exploding. Victory is within reach, he thought, but victory is a fickle mistress. A police car's flashing lights interrupted his reverie. An officer approached, his face stern. License and registration. After the driver complied, Greenleaf listened as the officer explained, This vehicle's tinted windows exceed the state's legal limit. Greenleaf was baffled. But the tinting helps reduce the need for air conditioning, thereby saving energy.
The officer remained unfazed. Law's the law. Window tint can't exceed a certain percentage. Sensing the clock ticking on his historic moment, Greenleaf interjected. Officer, I need to get to D.C. urgently. I'm the deciding vote on a bill that could change our environmental future. For a moment, the officer seemed to weigh the situation. Finally, he tore up the ticket. Go on, but make sure these windows are compliant by New Year's. As they resumed their journey, Greenleaf felt the nuanced challenges that come with making sweeping changes, each small compromise a reminder of the complex road to progress. Back on the road, Greenleaf pondered the complexities of systemic change. Even when you're on a divine quest, bureaucracy can still trip you up, he mused. But there was no time for philosophical detours. The capital was within sight. As they rounded the final bend, the car sputtered, and then silence. The dashboard flashed another dreaded battery warning. Damn it! We should have gone for the extended range! Greenleaf yelled, his frustration boiling over. He stepped out of the car, thumb extended, but the parade of SUVs and trucks zoomed past, ignoring him. When all seemed lost, the distant clip-clop of horse hooves reached his ears. An Amish buggy pulled up beside him. You need a lift? Greenleaf couldn't believe his luck. To DC, please. I have a world to save. The Amish man nodded as Greenleaf climbed into the buggy, his organic cotton shirt now drenched in sweat, but his spirit buoyed. They were off with a flick of the reins, a 19th century solution to a 21th century problem. As the Amish buggy carried Greenleaf closer to his destiny, the Capitol Dome shone like a beacon in the distance, a reminder of the monumental moments that lay ahead. Chapter 3. The District Not Exceeding Ten Miles the rhythmic clip-clop of the horse's hooves grew fainter as Greenleaf alighted from the Amish buggy. He found himself on Constitution Avenue, the imposing edifice of the Capitol building looming ahead like a celestial body, its grandeur almost palpable. I've arrived, Greenleaf thought, at the very altar of democracy. He thanked the Amish family, their faces expressionless, but eyes filled with what he chose to interpret as admiration. With his waterlogged wingtips squelching, Greenleaf dashed up the sweeping steps, his heart pounding in sync with each stride. Once inside the capital, the gravity of the moment engulfed him. He straightened his hemp bow tie as if this simple act could prepare him for what lay ahead. Before him stretched corridors flanked by marble pillars and adorned with statues of historical figures, witnesses to countless moments of political import. Today, they would bear witness to his. Greenleaf rushed through the labyrinthine halls, his eyes on the chamber that would serve as the crucible for his destiny. Ascending a grand staircase two steps at a time, he burst into the house chamber, halting as every eye turned to him. Apologies for my tardiness, he stammered. I had to resort to a horse and buggy to get here. Before he could elaborate on his eco-friendly odyssey, the room erupted in cheers. He's here! Now we can proceed! With a nod to the speaker, who returned his smile, Greenleaf took his seat. Let's enact this monumental change, she declared, her gavel punctuating the air as applause resounded. The speaker formalized the proceedings. 
We have before us the motion to pass the Verdant Utopia Accord. All in favour? Greenleaf scanned the room, his heart in his throat. A sea of hands shot up. The eyes have it, he thought, exhilarated. The speaker continued. All opposed? A spattering of no, which was quickly greeted with boos. Order, order, shouted the speaker as she hammered her gavel. Roll call, roll call, the opposition leader declared. Very well, the clerk will call the roll. With the vote deadlocked at 217 votes for and 217 against, every eye turned to Greenleaf. Congressman Greenleaf, your vote will tip the scale. Your decision? This was the juncture, the point in time that would ripple through the annals of history. Trembling with anticipation, Greenleaf stood. Madame Speaker, I vote I. The eyes have it. The chamber exploded in cheers, a cacophony that Greenleaf felt might even reach the heavens. They had done it, having already passed in the Senate, and with the President committed to signing it, the verdant Utopia Accord was as good law. As he sank back into his chair, spent but elated, a young aide wheeled in a TV. Time to witness the fruits of our labor, someone shouted, and all eyes turned to the screen. The tension was palpable as CNN flashed the ongoing blizzard warnings. Greenleaf held his breath, expecting the map to miraculously turn green, heralding an era of climatic stability. But the blizzard continued, unfazed. Whispers filled the room, the mood shifting from jubilant to puzzled. Why isn't the weather changing? murmured voices asked. Wasn't this supposed to have an immediate impact? As hours passed, the storm outside showed no signs of abating. The speaker finally switched off the TV. These things take time, she said, her voice tinged with resignation. Rising, Greenleaf addressed the chamber. Change doesn't happen overnight. Our resolve must not waver. We have ignited a movement that will, in time, transform the world. A smattering of applause echoed in the chamber, a far cry from the earlier exuberance. Members filed out, each wrapped in contemplation, the atmosphere heavy with triumph and uncertainty. As Greenleaf stepped out into the swirling snow, he caught the speaker's eye. They exchanged a look that conveyed more than words, a mutual recognition of the long, uncertain road ahead, paved with monumental victories and sobering realities. And so, as snowflakes continued to blanket the capital, each one a reminder of nature's indifference to human affairs, Congressman Greenleaf pondered the weight of his actions, their profound yet elusive impact, and the monumental yet Sisyphean task ahead. And now we close the book on Congressman Greenleaf's epic journey, a quest of ambition, urgency, and the intricate dance between ideals and reality. As we part ways, may the echoes of this tale reverberate in your own quests, however grand or humble they may be. Thank you for lending your ears. Until we meet again on another narrative adventure, I bid you adieu. The End